0: Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in and let this message fortify your faith.
1: I want to talk about something that um, obviously we've talked about before in this church. And this is not a, a charismatic thing or a spirit filled thing or a thing. It's a Bible thing. It's Jesus. And it's His will for you. And His will for you is that you be healed. That you not just be healed one time, you be healed anytime. And why do I know that there are going to be situations that... Um, That you're you're confronted with the aspect of sickness or disease is that we live in a fallen world and and you're going to have friends you're going to have family members that are going to be in need of a touch from jesus that need to be healed so when it comes to healing it's important that we have a hundred percent assurance that it's his will that you don't waver you don't wonder, you don't question, you don't think, okay, in this situation, is it really your will? And in that, receiving our healing is so important because there are situations that you are in need of a touch of the Lord for you to continue on with what God's called you to do. There's times in which, The Lord has things to do, people to touch, and to see the gospel spread, and he needs his body whole and healed. So knowing his heart concerning this issue, there has to be a confidence. You have to have the assurance. You have to know that you know that it's a nail in a sure place. That every time you come into a situation that you need healing, you are not going to waver. You're going to be standing on the solid rock of the knowledge of knowing what his will is concerning healing. And why I feel like that the Lord is wanting to talk about this today is because There's many situations that I think we're facing that we kind of approach in in, in kind of a, well, not, not in full assurance that that's exactly what he wants to do in your life. So there needs to be a boldness. You gotta really have a boldness. You gotta really know that you know there's no doubt in this equation. There's no wondering. It's established. It's a fact. It is yours. And you know the ways that Jesus can heal? It can be instantaneous or it can be over a period of time. You no, know, not everybody likes that one. You know, I. I like the quick one, but over a period of time, a lot of times, you know, the Lord has, has a big, bigger picture in mind than just your instant healing. Sometimes he wants to do a heart work on you. Sometimes he wants to bring some wholeness into your life. Sometimes he wants you to know of his love for you. It's going to take you pressing into him to experience the depths of his love. At times, his healing kind of might seem delayed. But his will for you is yes and amen. He doesn't change his thought just because you didn't act right last week. You've been in a bad mood. You fell into sin. It doesn't change something that's been established forever. So God might use doctors to be agents to even administer your healing. Or He might just touch you without you needing to go to a doctor. But through all the different scenarios... The question on whether, if it is God's will to heal you, needs to be settled in your heart. There can't be any wavering. There can't be any doubt. It is your inheritance. It is your blessing to be healed every time, any time. So Matthew, I want us to look at Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Because I think this scripture really begins to share the heart of Jesus for His willingness to heal you. You're able to hear His heart. You're able to to know what He's thinking on the issue concerning healing. And it says when Jesus came down from the mountain... Large crowds followed him. This is Matthew 8, 1 through 4. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. I really believe today the Lord wants you to know that it is his will to heal you. Anytime, all the time, no matter what the situation, it is his will to heal you. You have to know that. Just like it's money in the bank It's something that deep in your heart You have to know that he's willing To heal you because Christ bore 39 straps stripes On his back for your healing and in doing so What Jesus was doing by receiving the stripes on his back it was spoken of him through the prophet that he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. And Jesus did this so that you would not need to bear or take on the 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 ailment that is the sickness that is uh, tormenting you. So, yes, it is God's will for you to be healed, just As much as it is for God's will for you to be forgiven. The cross of Jesus. Is is the picture of God's heart for you. His love for you. And at the cross he did two things. He saved you. And he healed you. He bore it all on the cross. So that you might have it. And have it in full measure. So when we receive as easy as it is to receive, how many of you know that you're forgiven every time you ask? How easy is it for you to know that you're healed in the same manner that you're forgiven? Is there any difference? Is there, I, I'm 100% on the forgiveness thing, but could you be 60% on the healing thing? There's no difference. It's not like the scales tip. Forgiveness has the greater weight. Healing and forgiveness are the same. The cross has paid it all in full for you. So we have to realize you need to have this thing shored up in your heart because you're going to face situations from here until you meet Jesus, where you're going to be faced with the issue, am I going to be healed? I just, I'm going to share this with you just because um, we've had a wonderful two weeks of weddings and a lot of activity and a lot of things. And um, and I told Eliza, I said the other day, I said, honey, I, I, I'm I'm feeling something come on me. You know, I'm feeling it weighing me down right now. And I said, pray for me, because I, I can really feel, feel it right now. My, my throat, everything, I'm just not feeling well. I can feel the sickness trying to take a hold on me. And I said, pray for me. And, and I had to come to the point where I knew his heart and his will for me And that was that I be healed. And so I said, Lord Jesus, I simply ask you right now to remove this sickness from me. Take it from me right now. Remove it from me and heal my body because this is your will and I believe it. And Lord, I thank you for it. And the only reason I'm standing here right now today is because last night he touched me and he healed me. He restored my body. And I can go leaping and dancing and praising God. <laughs> so, so the goodness of the Lord is that His healing was available for me last night because I stepped into something that where there was an assurance of knowing it is a nail in a sure place. If He said it, He'll do it. And so... I just simply receive it. I just simply receive it by faith. So Hebrews 13, 8 says, and the word says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Lord said to the leper, I am willing be cleansed or be healed. Well, that was yesterday. Some of you might say, well, you know, I don't know if it's really for me today. Well, the word just says it's the same as yesterday, today, and forever. So healing is available today for you, and it will be available for you tomorrow. Forever, it is available for you. Recently, I read a story of a grandfather that died, and after his funeral his will was was read to the whole family. And in that will, he expressed his desires concerning, you know, really the disposal of all his worldly possessions and belongings. And the written will established beyond a shadow of a doubt what he wanted to happen to his money and his possessions for his family. And the grandfather was the testator, And this is the one who sets up the will. So Webster's Dictionary says a testator is a person who dies leaving a will or a testament in force. A lawyer was there at the time and he was the mediator or the advocate of the will. His job was basically to guarantee that the conditions of the grandfather's will were met And that the family members, all the beneficiaries, were given what was theirs in the will. Jesus was a testator. He left his will on earth when he died. In the Bible, who knows that there's an Old Testament and a New Testament? Now if you don't know that, I'll, let's talk afterwards. I'll kind of get you caught up on that one. But but a t- the word testament refers to a will. It's a will. So the New Testament is really the will of Jesus for you. When Jesus died, he left his last will and testament. And It is his will concerning healing that this be an established fact that it is your inheritance. So so thanks be to God for Tyndale. You know what Rocky said today. We have right now the written will of Jesus in the New Testament concerning healing. So in that, once the writer of a will is dead... Nothing can be added to the will or changed or subtracted from the will. So Jesus clearly expressed his desire concerning healing when he was on earth. So any theology or any person or anyone which denies that Jesus is willing to heal people today is nothing but Well, we'll just say it would be a false addition to his will. It is not his desire. His desire concerning healing is that it's yours. It's his estate. And his estate of his belongings is found in the New Testament. So the words Jesus left behind in the form of our Bible... Perfectly expresses his will concerning his earthly estate here on this earth His will Can make you well So we understand concerning the leper He said I am willing be cleansed Let's also look at Matthew 8 verse 5 As we read on and when Jesus entered Capernaum A centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come to him and heal him. I think this is incredible because not only is Jesus sharing with the leper that it's his will. He is now indicating by his feet, his actions, that it is my desire that you be healed. He's saying, all right, I'll come to you. I'll come to your home. Wherever you are, I'll come to you because it is my heart. No one should suffer. No one should be sick. I'll come to you and heal you. You know, sometimes I think we feel like he's forgotten us. Our address, our name. Does he even know who I am? Does he really see my situation and understand the difficulty that I'm going through? But wherever you are, if you cry out to his name, he will come to you. He will come to you with the intent that he wants to heal you and speak to you. You know, what possessions did Jesus leave on this earth? He left nothing. I mean, even... The clothes, the outer garments that he had were were divided up amongst the soldiers and were given away. He left nothing in the physical possessions for anyone, his disciples or anyone on earth. But one item that Jesus did possess was the authority to heal. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In Matthew Matthew 28, 18. And it was this authority that drove out evil spirits, healed all the sick, healed everyone that was tormented or in agony. So we are the beneficiaries of this glorious estate. If there was a reading of Christ's will today, you would all be involved in it. And in his will is that you're healed. So if there was anyone here to administrate the will of the New Testament, it was Jesus. Because Jesus is now also the mediator of his will. He's the lawyer. Because in Hebrews, it says that Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. So not only did he establish the will... Now he's standing up in heaven. He's saying, all right, I'm the lawyer and I'm going to mediate this thing and make sure that everyone knows what my heart is. Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. It is yours. It is simply yours. And you're to receive it. And you're to welcome it as what he left for you. So, but there is a, an element or an ingredient that releases one's healing. And that is this. You need to believe that it's in the New Testament in his will for you. You've got to believe it. There's not small print in the will that says you're excluded from it. You're included in it, but you got to realize, do you believe it? Do you believe that you're in Christ's will at this very moment? Matthew 8, 13. It says, and Jesus said to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And as we understand that that was the Lord's heart is that he put action into, into the request of the centurion said, I will go. And because he believed in the word, because of his, it says, because of his belief that the man that was tormented was healed at that very moment. This whole chapter 8 in Matthew is, is an incredible picture of heart concerning healing because it says in 14 when jesus came into peter's home he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever he touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and waited on him and when evening came they brought many who were demon-possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word you know, we might not see a lot of demonic deliverance today, but it really needs to be normal life for us. Because we are, we are blessed with the authority to cast out demons. And it says that with one word, so Jesus would say, go, they would leave. He would say, be gone. They would leave. He would say, shut up. Stop speaking. He would say, release. He would say, many words. One word. The authority behind one word and demons would be cast out of people. And then it says, and he healed all who were healed, who were ill. Do you see what that says? All. Doesn't say some, doesn't say mm, 50 50. It says all. All were healed. So concerning healing, it is all, you're all in. Are you all in? Are you all in to your own inheritance? Are you in for the greatest gift that Jesus left us? I'm all in. And I, I don't care what comes against me. I have an inheritance that says I'm healed no matter what I'm going through. And when I lay hands on the sick, I'm not going to sit there and determine, oh, I hope I said it right so that they get healed. All I got to do is just lay hands on the sick and the word says they shall recover. That's all I got to do. I have to believe that when I'm laying hands, Jesus is administering the healing into people's lives. It's not me. It's him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities, and he carried away our diseases. Or another way of translating that, he took our sicknesses, and he removed our disease. See, what happened when Jesus laid his hand on the mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law, when he laid his hand on her... It said all of a sudden she was healed instantly. What happened? He removed it. He took it. He took it and he removed it from her at that very moment. And then she's able to get up and she's able to probably serve the Lord, cook a meal, take care of matters in the home. But the issue is that the sickness that bound her was not hers and jesus did the great exchange just like he does for our sin he took our sin and gave us his righteousness scripture says that he took our sickness and he gave us his healing so the reality is is that he is covering all bases And there's no sickness or disease that he can't heal. There's not a new variant, just like we have all this COVID, a new name of a new variant coming out. There's nothing that he can't heal. So when Jesus touched his mother-in-law, he was fulfilling the scripture by taking her sickness and removing it from her and healing her. so if you are are sick and you're battling a disease or you know someone in your family or friend are struggling and you're wondering if he truly will heal you or your loved ones just like he replied to the leper i am willing i am willing I am willing to heal you. So if you wonder if the Lord cares enough about you to even visit your home and heal you, his response to you is, I will come to you and I will heal you. And if you're lying in bed, thinking, Lord Jesus, I need a touch from you, ask the Lord to touch you and heal you. And strengthened you. I am so encouraged by the Lord. I simply, I, as I, as I laid in bed last night. I said, Jesus, I ask that you just touch me right now. And I could sense His touch. I could sense His strength coming into my body, and He was removing it from me. He was taking it from me, because it's not mine. My inheritance with Jesus says. I am healed and I'm going to stand on that and I'm going to take it to the bank and no one can take it from me. It is my inheritance as a believer and it's yours. So if there's any doubt or any question, or if you need any further proof that Jesus heals, I want you to remember That his last will and testament is that your healing is your inheritance as a daughter and as a son. His testament, his will is written out for you clearly on this issue so that there should be no doubt, no question, no wondering. It is an established fact and you're simply to receive it by faith anytime anywhere to minister to your life and your situation i am so grateful to the lord you know we're just not reading stories this is his living word this is his desire for us and when we read these stories of the leper and of the centurion and of uh, peter's mother-in-law you're reading life stories And the Holy Spirit specifically put those in the Word so that it would communicate His heart to us and let us know what His will is concerning the matter. So next week, next year, you're in a situation where you're needing a touch from the Lord Jesus. I want you to remind yourself, it is in His will for me that I be healed. Amen.
0: Let me just pray a minute. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would put your word in my mouth and you would help me to communicate your heart and what your spirit is doing right now. I thank you for how you are moving and weaving your purposes in this place this morning. And I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name. Um, this morning, during um, prayer in the, with the children, I found myself praying, Lord, open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. The places that we are blind, we need eyes to see and then i don't know if you caught during worship the whole thread was about seeing the lord and i could begin to a lot of times when the spirit of god um speaks to me i begin to start my heart just starts racing and i just begin to pray into like lord what are you doing and it hasn't left the whole time and i i was wondering like um you know, Lord, because as I begin to pray into it, this entire um I'd say word and thread was downloaded. And um it's eleven twenty four and our kids are good until twelve and I feel like the Lord would want me to release this right now if you guys are okay. All right so i'm trusting that he will help us he was speaking to me about you know and um and for those of you know we are on a journey in prayer and as a body it is by the design of the lord the spirit of, of praying in the book of revelation and it's a new place uh, for me and it's in the theme that we are continuing to pray. It's not so much about events that May happen, but that we would see Jesus for who He is, and you know I, I'm just trusting that the God, the God, the Holy Spirit will weave this tra- tapestry that I'm seeing. But see, John, the the disciple, the beloved, you know, he leaned on Jesus and he saw Him as the Son of Man. He saw Him, and it says in Isaiah, what Sam was just reading, is that that there was no form that we would be drawn into. And yet, in Revelation 1, all of a sudden, he sees Jesus in a way he hasn't seen Jesus before. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I want you to begin to cry out that you would see me as I am in a way that you've not seen me before. And it's not that I am because he is who is and who was and who is to come. And it's not that it's not that he isn't who he was on the earth, but he is coming back very differently. And and what that will do, it will help for us to be able to to stand and steward and be that bride made ready that Joanne talked about last week. Are y'all trucking okay so i'm just i'm going to read scripture because scripture is powerful okay and i'm just going to read some scriptures that he was highlighting to me um this morning as we're here and and so um you know even if you just shut your eyes and if you begin to um, just ask the lord lord give me eyes to see you as you are and i believe that this is a prayer that we are to be continually praying um just in this season the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place and he sent and he signified it by his angel to his servant John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus to all things he saw blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near john to the seven churches which are in asia grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from jesus christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our own sins and his very own blood. And he's made us kings and priests to his God and father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. John says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. I just want to pause and say that this writer was saying, I'm your brother and companion. In the patience, in tribulation and kingdom, and not by, I believe, by the design of the Spirit, God had Rocky talk about the persecuted church and see we don't have to be afraid because his love and when we see him for who he is it drives out all fear this will be a fear-free zone put just put your hand on your heart this will be a fear-free zone because I'm going to see Jesus for who he is and as I see him as I look to him then my face is radiant You know, Stephen was being stoned and they saw the radiance because all of a sudden he saw Jesus for who he is. Not just the man that walked on the earth, but the one who is risen and glorified. And we are going to see him. See, John, the disciple, he walked with Jesus and then he saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration and it caused a different reaction, a different space. And I'm believing by the Spirit, the Lord is going to take us into places of seeing him for who he is so that we will not shrink back for fear and that our faces will look radiant and we will have grace and peace and where we go we carry grace and peace it is not by what we're trying to do but it's by his spirit in him it's important that we see him for who he is so i'm just going to read sam quoted this but this is what came up this morning And, and um and worship Isaiah 53 Lord give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying and eyes to see what you're doing Isaiah 53 1 it says who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord revealed for he has grown up it's talking about Jesus he has grown up before him before the father as a tender plant and a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire. He came. He came, and he was just a, a natural man. He wasn't seen. He wasn't, and the word says it: no one was going to really see who he was, and he was despised and rejected by men. Jesus, this one that we love, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed him, stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed all we all we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to our own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he was opened up not his mouth and he was led as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before the shearers is silent he opened not his mouth he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. See, our mind cannot comprehend the fullness. Of of God and his ways, it pleased the Lord to bruise him and he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he will see his seed and he will prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. He will see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. You're the pleasure of the Lord. For the pleasure of the Lord. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, for he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he will divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul into death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and he made intercessors for the transgressors, did you hear that He made intercessors for the transgressors? And then I was reminded of in Mark eight, blind Bartimaeus. Mark eight forty six, and they came to Jericho. <laughs> He went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging, and he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, and he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Don't you think it's interesting? I find it interesting that a blind man, he couldn't see. And yet his spirit began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He had revelation even though he couldn't see. And then they warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, Have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and he commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise up. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garments, he arose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered him and said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And there is, a, there is a physical healing. Everything Sam said about Jesus and his heart for healing is true. But I believe that the Lord is stirring us to have a desperation that we would see things the way he sees and have a new and fresh revelation. Not Once again, he was, he is, he is to come. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what we've known him of the past is not going to be enough to help us to stand and move forward to where he's taking us. And we need to be like this blind man saying, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. I want to see. And it says, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. See, Jesus wants you to see him. Jesus wants me to see him. Jesus wants us to see him more than we really want to see him. And I feel like he's going to put a desperation in us to see him, to know him, to know his heart. And it says immediately he received his sight and look at this and followed Jesus on the road. Because when we see him for who he is, it won't be a question about following him, like really following him in our day to day to deny ourselves daily and following him. Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from the whole family in heaven and earth, that he would grant you according to the riches of glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love and be able to comprehend with all the saints the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. And we are praying regularly. And I want you to begin to pray for yourself that I would have a spirit, a wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, that I'd see him for who he is. I want to know what you're doing. Because the, the religious community, when he walked on the earth, didn't know what he was doing. I don't want that to be said about me. And that's where this desperation of, oh, Jesus. Have mercy on me. Help me to see. Help me to hear. I'm going to finish up in this last little bit of Revelation 1. Well, that's not true. I'm going to show you one other thing. But Revelation 1, 9. And here's John. He says, I, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus, I was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. John was only doing what, what we're called to do. We can't be afraid of that. His love drives out fear. And he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. We need to be a people that knows what it is to be and live in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the last, the first and the last. What you see, write in this book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, Thyatira, to Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And here's just John. He turns to see the voice that spoke with me. And I turned and I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with garments down to his feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell as his feet as dead. He saw Jesus in the way he had not seen him before, and he was undone. And yet look at this. He laid his hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives. I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Write the things which you've seen and the things which are and the things which will take place. See, I, I feel like the Lord... It's an invitation, and, and you know, the thing is is that we're all in different places in our lives with our walk with him. And, and, and in Christ, there is no condemnation, but shortly after this, Jesus begins to speak to the seven churches. And I believe we are gonna be entering into a place because last week, I wasn't here, but I heard the message about the bride being made ready. I believe we're going to be in a season where, remember, it's he that does the changing and the transformation. It's not like we can really make ourselves ready. But we can't posture and position ourselves. Lord, in the places I'm blind, help me see. Help me to be ready. Ready. Help me to, to repre, re, represent represent Jesus well to, to a world that doesn't... There are so many things that could pull our gaze and our, our, uh, our affections and, and our distractions, and yet we need desperately to see him for who he is, because then we're going to know how to follow him, the way we're to follow him. Is this making sense? Are you guys Okay okay so i'm going to read this um last it's actually what he wrote to the last church and and like like i said i feel you know and here here's the thing collectively get the weekly we're praying into these things and it's a journey it's not i mean it's taken a lot longer than i thought we've been doing it since june and we're on verse eight or nine (laughs) And it's not so much about having revelation about what's coming, but the one who is coming, him, and seeing him for who he is. And our hearts burning and longing to see him for who he is and to represent him. So anyway, the, the last um, church, Revelation 3, and like I said, I haven't, been, I haven't been studying this, but he highlighted this this morning. And I, I'm not saying... Um, Like, I don't think it's a corrective. I think it's an invitation. (laughs) With a theme of, Lord, remove any places of blindness that I can see. He wants us to see him for who he is. Because then there will be so much courage and peace and joy. You will be contagious. Because when we see him, when we behold him, our faces become radiant. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works. So you're neither cold or hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because You are lukewarm and neither cold or hot. I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. And do you not know that you're wretched and miserable, poor, blind and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and of white garments, that you may be clothed. And the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyes salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Is my experience when I'm in a hard place. I naturally want to be delivered out of that hard place. And and the thing is, is that Jesus does love us, and he forgives us, and he heals us, and he is everything. And sometimes there's a waiting, and he is true to who he is and what he says, and yet we're in this waiting place. And that's where I feel like the Lord is saying, will you in that place buy gold refined in the fire? And ask the Lord, help me to see you right now, where you are and what you're doing. That I can come into agreement and alignment. You know, Paul says, I don't count it worthy to compare the present struggle to the glory that will be revealed. What do we want to do? What do we want? We want to see Jesus glorified we want to see his he he lifted height in his glory to cover the earth as the water to his sea around the sea and I was thinking about you know because when we see him what happens when you really see him for who he is I, I'm curious I mean there's no right or wrong answer but really. like, there's lots what are what are some different things that happen you worship him, we fall down, we realize, whoa, you're God. See, he's God, we're not. We live in America. That like, like we, we, we pride ourselves in our independence and our whatever. And yet, yes, I'm thankful to be an American, but we, we live in a kingdom with a king. So, I don't really know how to... Um, in this I don't even feel like it's supposed to necessarily happen like right now but would you begin to ask the Lord to give you eyes to see him for who he is, who he is? and to know that he's willing he wants our blind eyes to be opened, because as we see him it gives us strength and encouragement. And that's the thing about thank you about worshiping. Who said that over here? When we see him, we worship him. And do you know what happens when you worship him? It shifts the atmosphere. <laughs> that's why we need to see him and it might be a humility place of oh lord and you bow down but then it's like oh lord you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power and wisdom and strength and blessing holy 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 is the lord god almighty and it's not just here but it's our hearts responding to him but that shifts the atmosphere and then prison doors fall down and salvations come and what happens is that that's when the glory is being revealed in the middle of the things we're walking through. And we need to walk through them together. We need one another. We need him. And it's good good, good season. Amen. Amen. Hey, and it's still not 12.
1: Amen. All right. Let's all stand. We've established um, a fact today that. It is his will to heal you. And um, Daniel, are you here? (laughs) I like him. He's always ready. You know, Jesus made a pronouncement whenever he met with the multitudes. He always said that he quoted from Isaiah that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's upon me to preach the good news, to declare the good news, to open the blind eyes, to heal the sick. He would say that the anointing of the Spirit is upon me to do the ministry of Jesus, to do the ministry of my Father. And as proclaimed it to the multitude's faith would arise in people's hearts. They would say God is here, His presence is here to heal. And in that, people's faith would would begin to swell up, would begin to grow, and then the multitude would come to Him. Scripture says that all that came to Him were healed. And so in that I declare over this church that the spirit of the Lord is upon us to heal. The spirit of the Lord is upon us to touch you and restore you. So if you're needing a touch from the Lord, if you're needing healing from the Lord in any area in your body, I want you to receive healing. I want you to get prayer. I want you to come forward now because I believe the Lord wants to touch you and he wants to heal you completely of everything. So, Father, I ask now in the name of Jesus that, Holy Spirit, you would rest upon your word. For your word declares that by your stripes we are healed. We are healed according to what you endured on your back. The stripes on your back declare we're healed. And so, Lord, I'm asking now that there be anyone in this house that needs a touch from you, that, Lord, you would minister to them right now, and that, Lord, you would heal their bodies. I thank you, Jesus, that you're the healer. You're the Lord God, our healer. That you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Lord, I, I just ask now, there be anyone in this place that needs a touch from you. Lord, I ask you to rest upon them right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you. It is your anointing that breaks the yoke. It is your anointing that ministers healing to us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here in our presence now to heal broken bodies and broken hearts. I thank you that there is no one here that is excluded from your will. Everyone here is welcomed to receive it. So Holy Spirit, we thank you and we praise you for resting upon us right now.